I have been uh, helping out on some projects. So, yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind for all of us the past year. Just a lot of people have shifted and transitioned and reevaluated things. And to answer your question about, like, how, I don't think of things so siloed as, like, well, I'm doing this now. And then mm-hmm. we move to it's just natural progression, you know, kind of like conversation, kind of like, you know, relationship with your friends. It's just natural. And I don't overthink um, the next thing. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an engaging person. I'm it's always learning. I have a lot of interests. So I just allow myself to explore them as they come. Yeah. And that's where it takes me to now, you know, and that, that's really all I can tell you. <laughs> that's awesome. Talia, can you blink twice? You don't have to tell everyone what it is, but blink twice if you're playing Baby Yoda on the next season of The Mandalorian. You don't have to tell us for sure if that's what it is. Dream roll. Dang. (laughs) Well, it's our dream roll to have Talia Caldwell on this episode of our podcast that we're going to start right now. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remembered that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Come over and talk about it. Oh my god. Uh, uh okay, okay. Uh Okay, okay, okay. This was the demo. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is Northwest amazing at painting, she can also play this (laughs) on the piano. (laughs) Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums. We've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Sean Wilkinson. I'm Michael Limitato. And today we have with us... Holly. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you might know her as, uh, we, we kind of did it already, like uh, a philanthropist, a professional basketball player, a writer for Five-Fifths Culture. It's Talia Caldwell. Yay! Woo! Hey, Talia. It's nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, so I'm still like recovering a little bit. Um, uh, While Andrew recovers from his amazing bit, I'll I'll run in to the next part. So our album we're talking about today is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. So I was thinking we talk a lot about like our, you know, initial like, feelings or knowledge of uh Kanye West and I I was kind of wondering where you're coming at with with Kanye West like how have you known him as an artist what have been your experiences with Kanye oh wow we're just getting straight into it wow (laughs) yeah that's a a great question as someone who's like a deep deep lover of hip-hop like 
probably going back all the way to like maybe the 88 years and then on. I've always considered Kanye as a great artist. I've never considered him a rapper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying he's a bad, like the same way he would say that. I'm not saying he's a bad rapper. I'm saying that's not the category. That's like trying to put Madonna in like the best singer vocalist, you know, <laughs> compared to Whitney Houston. And that's no knock. It's just like some people are artists and expand genres and all that. Sure. So I've always seen Kanye as a great artist who really just shifted a lot of things when he came in the time he did in that like 02, 03 as a producer for Rockefeller and under Dame and all of them and finally getting his own solo projects and his own, you know, production under artists separate of just Rockefeller. And, you know, when you the first meeting of him is, oh my God, he's from the same lineage of like a Q-tip and all of that with the, with the, you know, the samples, you know, and a lot of from Chicago. So you hear a lot of the gospel music in him and the soul and the funk, those samples. It was like our parents could listen to it and know what they sampled. That's what his initial music yeah. was all our parents were like, oh, that's just such and such, you know? Right. <laughs> Which to them is probably interesting seeing how their initial reaction to him was. They're probably like, he ain't doing nothing. That's just, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Lenny Williams, you know what I'm saying? Which makes total sense. So I've always appreciated his artistry as a producer and as an artist, because he also was one of, not one of the first, I'm not gonna say that, but he was someone in a time like the early 2000s where that wasn't a uh, focus of like the artistry bleeding over into like his visuals in terms of like um, like album release stuff and album artwork. And obviously he's always had an inclination for the fashion world. Mm-hmm. So he allowed himself to be different in that way. Because when you go back to like that time, 0203, it was still a lot of like, I mean, it was like dip set was hot, right? Like people like that. Like it was so different of what a Kanye's aesthetic was. Um, so that's how I, my first was introduced to him. And then obviously his first album being College Dropout. Like we say that very nonchalant, but considering rap is about everything but that for his debut to be like college, that's kind of a thing. Like what we're so used to, that's kind of a thing. Like that's my intro, like not this, this or this, but college, right. you know, middle class. So I think he spoke to specifically a certain demographic and um, class of also black people, you know. Well, and that and also like, I mean, I'm not, you know, a hip hop expert by any means or anything, but also like from what I understood from that record too was like, it was kind of revolutionary for him to talk about religion in hip hop as well. Is that like, was that pretty big at the time or? No, it was not revolutionary hip about religion because every about black rapper artist talks about God and Jesus and, you know, alluding to the afterlife and all of that. I think he was just more vocal in his like zeal for God and kind of him thinking he was kind of also like a vessel for God, right? Sure. Like if you if you're a black artist, you grew up in the church, no matter what. Like that's just a fact, no matter what your current beliefs are. So that wasn't new. It was the fact that he was like sometimes playing along the lines of like, this is church music for the streets, you know? And like, hmm. but I mean, DMX's whole first three albums were a prayer, you know? So that that was had been done several, several times. I think he just was a really like, like a different kind of zealous feel to it, you know? Yeah. Um, in a way that was also him like grappling with a lot of stuff, but it was definitely a, 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 a new way of how he spoke about it for sure. Yeah, and Kanye West now is like, almost directly associated with Christianity in a sense, like not necessarily in a good way, but a strain of it. Yeah. Yeah. A strain. (laughs) His own strain of it. (laughs) Yeah. Are you vaccinated against Kanye West's strain of Christianity? (laughs) 
Okay, so like you were like uh, you were kind of like really like impressed by like oh he's talking about college he's talking about something a little different like where where do you go from there like where, what is your like uh, what is your relationship to Kanye from then on? Yeah, so his his first uh, one of my favorite songs is you know from late registration is late so I mm-hmm. I enjoyed a lot of the songs but I didn't fall in love with the first two albums I really fell in love personally with graduation. That was just like that 07 record. And a lot of it's like, you know, I always tell people, you also associate with albums depending on where you were in your life. You might even say, okay. this isn't the best album of all time, but I got this album at this point. So for me, I played that album so much because when I first started driving, it was one of the first CDs and it was, a, it was a CD where like, you know, I grew up in a household where I wasn't just like flagrantly flaunting certain content. And it was an album my parents could hear me listening to, right? It was right. like, you know, graduation had those kind of certain sounds. Um, like flashing lights, my favorite song still, you know, it just had, it had very impressionable songs for me, you know, um, it was just, it was a little celebratory album, you know, it made you feel good. And so that was probably when I really was like, okay, like Kanye is that guy. Like I said, cause I also, the first few years I was more of a, more into Kanye as a producer. Like to me, Commons B had beat like 80% of his own individual albums, you know, like Commons B is my favorite album. Of all time. Oh, B is so that's good. Like, yeah. That's like, yeah. That's like Kanye's best. If you ask people like Kanye's best production is B. Like, you know, not anything he's ever produced for himself, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, 07 is when I really, you know, started. And like I said, he was also doing the fashion thing. So I was in high school and everyone was wearing the glass, you know, the, 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 the window <laughs> shade glasses. Which yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember getting mm-hmm. those at like the roller rink or something. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. And like, he was part of you know, the, the, the preppy black look like people wearing polos and, mm-hmm. you know, backpacks and just kind of like faux nerd and bright colors. And I'm like, Glow in the Dark tour was one of the, like a really big tour. So it was like all the artistry around him really spoke to like people my age at that time. Obviously we're talking like, so we're talking about the next step, like, which is like 808s and like my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasies, like kind of the next step. But like, I want to know... I- like, before we like circle back to that, I would like to know, because like, I guess like a major reason I'm doing this person month, like th- this is the Con May West, basically. Like it's the month of May where we talk about Kanye West and Con May, Con- yeah. Kanye, Con May. Yeah, we, we, it's very funny. We all, we're all laughing. Uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone's mic is on mute and we're all, they're just like chortling. Um, I was laughing right so hard I had to turn my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so Kanye, yeah, like one of the reasons I wanted to do this particular month is because I adore Kanye's artistry. I think I agree with you. I think he's like one of the greatest musical artists. Like, like truly, I I do I do think he's. But then just like having to reckon with like his personality now, having to reckon with like the fact that he's anti-vaccine, having to deal with the fact that he you know uh, ties with Trump and stuff like that. I was wondering. And like the reason I wanted to do this month is because I was like trying to figure out, okay, so I realized after a certain point, loving Kanye might be untenable. Like it hasn't broken quite yet for me because like there's so much goodwill built up, you know, mm-hmm. for me personally that um, that I still get a lot from him. But I recognize that one day that maybe I'll have to like let that go one day. Maybe I'll have to like take it back to the back of the shed and like shoot it. Like, right. so I was like wondering like, where you are now with Kanye, like present day, like in relation to his past records and 
and then like the follow-up question is can you can you personally still enjoy it and like what can you take away that like present day i guess that's that's a great question and i think that's also where identity and race comes into it because i have a lot of my non-black friends who are big music heads who can still play kanye pretty easy even those who are like anti-trump and all that but it's just it's different and a lot of the conversation with black people who've been kanye fans has been kanye's anti-blackness in his past couple mm. years is the bigger issue people always think it's not about republican democrat who you vote for kanye has been has said very anti-black things and we you know and it's been sensitive because like there's also mental health at work right there's also trauma there's so many things that it's not a blanket statement but the way kanye's relationship to the black community has been his comments that he's made about chicago or black women or the problem with black america the problem with black people has been very demeaning and it's a very, we're a community that's like, we support our own very hard and will defend when everyone is saying something wrong. So when you say something like that, it's very hurtful. So a lot of black people could give a damn about Kanye West for good reason. Mm. Like could give a damn. And there is no separate art from music. It's like, that's, I'm okay, I'm cool on him, you know? So for a lot of black people, it's taboo. For a lot of black people, playing Kanye is like playing R. Kelly. You know, mm. it's like, really? Like, it, he's that great, you've got to play this song. And we all know there's still songs we're always going to love, and, like, we are going to play, especially, like I said, I think it has gotten more dire the past year, saying, oh, no, Kanye's really mentally unwell. Could be, could be not, whatever. Whatever we hear. So, for me, it's been tough, because he has said things in, like, this past four summers that have been, like, you know, as a black woman, especially, he's a black man. And also, the, the difference in that, he's a black man connected to a very white world, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how he values black women, you know, that there is a difference in being a black man versus a black woman. So it's a lot of misogynoir, some misogynoir in his, in his speech, you know? So I've been kind of cool on him, to be honest, you know? And that's his own doing. So it's tough because there are good moments that he's giving us. And so now when I do, because my song that's got to play, you know, if I'm, I love when I'm running to play uh, uh, from Life of Pablo. What's the video? Um, that's Tiana yes. Taylor. Oh, ah, uh, fade, fade. Fade. Like, that's, like, one of those fun, like, you imagine yourself, like, like, diehard Bruce Willis running when you play fade. It has <laughs> that 80s feel. You know, it's like, there's many songs I still love, but, like, my relation to him now, I, I hold him in a way that's, like, I've also been offended and hurt by him. Uh, especially a lot of the Trump stuff, because Trump is a, is a thing for Black Americans where it's not as much as, just don't vote for him. He's not your guy. Like it affects people who look like me in a different way, you know. And to see him like buddying with him, it's like you just don't care. Like you, you've transcended. He has a bit of I've transcended my color, mm. you know. And it's like that's very detrimental to people of color in certain communities. So, yeah, it's tough. And there's certain, but there's certain songs that are still like this guy is brilliant. You know, he's made amazing music, and I want him to actually be totally healthy and well and get back to that. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's always fun playing a Kanye West album to pick and prod certain things. Like I said, I'm a hip hop purist. So there's many stuff I'm just like, eh, that's kind of hype, you know? You know, certain things I'm just like, oh, this has, has stood the test of time, you know? Because not all hip hop albums also age well for mm -hmm. a, a myriad of reasons, you know? So yeah, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at now. <laughs> that's a <laughs> yeah <good> answer. <laughs> I think there is a part of me that like always siloed it off. Like I, maybe I had the privilege to like kind of silo it off of like, yeah, but like, you know. Um, call, like, oh, he's just an asshole. No, he's not an asshole. He's anti this, he's anti that. Like certain mm -hmm. 
adjectives that non-black people use. And I'm like, as a black woman, the things that he said, I'm like, no, it's more than that. It's deeper than that. It's not just he's not a nice dude, you know? <laughs> right. Like uh, saying you're an asshole or he's like a hater is like very light for like saying like racist things. You know what yeah, I mean? Like saying like misogynoir, you know, like things that are like hurtful to the community, especially certain people, you know, in that community. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like there's it's... gay black people, you know, who look at Kanye like this is evil. Like what you're doing or what you're saying or just mm-hmm. there's all types of people who are really affected by what he says. So that's where the whole art separate thing. I'm like, that's just kind of a cop out because certain things just harm in different ways. You know, if it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel good. Like I'm there's many things I'm not missing when I don't play a con- I, I don't go through my day. There's too much good music in the mm-hmm. world in the past, you know, hundred years to be like I will never make it if I don't hear Bum Leaves. Like, that's not true. I'll play the original. I'll, I'll play Nina Simone before I play Bum Leaves. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, but it, this is all still important, though, you know? So fun. I think, like, there's, like, definitely, like, interpretations. Like, because people want to, like, make, people want it to, like, be, they want to, like, when they see him do, like, doing, like, the, wearing the Trump hat and, like, hugging Donald Trump and stuff, they want, I feel like, uh, my like, my instinct is to go like, he's very mis. He's trying to do this weird artistic statements. He's trying to be like you know, um, he's he, like it's a symbolic way for him to go like let's unite everybody. You know, and, I, think, and, I think it's deeper than that. I think people don't want to be inconvenienced. And I say me in that people. None of us wants to investigate why am I okay with this. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why I mean, did, Why does this not? Why does this not affect my day to day like some people's, right? That's a privilege we all have. There's certain things that I am not bothered by right now because I am not a trans sex worker. So when something happens, certain policies happen, I don't have to go protest in the line because it's not affecting my day to day. And I also want to investigate why does this not bother me more? Why am I able to separate this? Because if you were in a position where you could not, you couldn't listen to it. Like if you were a sex sexual abuse survivor, it's not a matter if you like Ignition, you cannot listen to R. Kelly's music. Physically cannot. Mm-hmm. And so people don't get, put yourself in the shoes of where you cannot listen to someone who says, I respect Trump, he's an amazing thing. Because you don't have a family member at the border. Mm-hmm. So it does not affect you. So you can play X, Y, and Z without it literally hurting you. That's like, I don't know, that's just, I think my biggest, I mean, it's so apparent in, you know, the world today. It's just our right. inability to put each other, put ourselves in someone else's shoes. And it's really it's disheartening. For all of us. We, we, just, we just forget. And that's what I'm saying. I say it with compassion and grace because, I'm. It's like I said, I know even as me being a black woman, I know my power dynamic privilege over a black trans sex worker. And that's the other yeah. thing. No one wants to admit that they are privileged. You are always in a position oh, yeah. of power for someone. I don't care what intersection you fall in if you are a gay white man <laughs> if you are if you are a, a lighter skin lighter skin southeast asian like we don't want to ever think that i have a privilege right it's class region all of that it's like it's it's exactly like you know when you do something wrong or you've been like procrastinating on something and it like catches up to you but you've like you like don't want people to call you out and you get mad when people like say, Oh, well, why didn't you just do it? And you're like, how dare you? You know, yeah. like that's, 
Like, that's how it feels with privilege, but... too. We're yeah, sensitive. yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that we're sensitive and don't want to be, don't want to hear something. But I have, we all have to challenge ourselves. Like, am I okay with certain shows that still have jokes that are anti-trans? Because I'm not mm-hmm. trans. I don't hear it. It doesn't cut me deep. I hear it and go like, ooh, that's messed up. But I don't, it's not like a, no, you know? So, but yeah, that's, we can talk about that later. We yeah. more and people. it's like, yeah, like, it's also like who you choose to, empathize with it's who you choose to like empathize because like my like sometimes as a creative and as a very sensitive person like i i connect with kanye a lot i connect with his like you know his drive and the idea his like you know he's very inspiring in a lot of ways but then it's like okay but like should i empathize with this like billionaire or should i empathize with like trans people should i empathize with people and also, Kanye's this- not unique in his artistry and sensitivity. Like, one thing I want to get out of is thinking that any of us have, have, been, have never been seen before on Earth. There's been a billion Kanye's before. We don't know their name, wow. you know? Like, there's a billion sensitive artists you can connect to who are probably scraping change to put up their installation in Bushwick right now, you know? Like, we just got to stop being lazy. Like, Kanye is not the only person who has said anything remotely deep. And it's not, most of it's not been deep, which we realized later, that's another thing that shook a lot of black people. He was talking about all these progressive things, you know, because we know his mom's a professor. We know he knows about things. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, the election, he's like, poverty is because you don't work hard. And we're like, did you just forget the <laughs> systemic infrastructure since, you know, Jim Crow that you, just, you talked about? So it's like he's, at, we also have this fake deep thing, like the, Twitter situation that happened, another instance of misogynoir, J. Cole and No Name. And when we realized J. Cole's politics were so flawed, and when he finally just said, when she was giving him all these books and resources, and J. Cole, who we consider deep, just said, I don't really read that much. I just, I'm more of a thinker. And you the whole thinking. Yeah. We, we, we laugh, but that's what everyone's doing. It's like Kanye is not deep. He's not mm-hmm. the same. When I said for myself, even I say, I'm not furthering the world i'm not changed it's been said 45 times over you know which is why people ask me to be on panels for intersections of whatever and whatever i'm like just go read the 85 people who done work before me you don't have to ask my question on intersection freaking read kimberly crenshaw who invented critical race theory and we refuse to read her stuff so it's like i don't know we keep trying to invent things that are already done it's like listen to people the first time listen to the marginalized the first time and it's like Something I learned, even when it comes to like, whether it's what we call activism or, you know, having a platform, it was like, you don't have to be the voice for the voiceless, just pass the mic. Mm-hmm. And like Kanye and a lot of people and me and all of us can do better instead of talking about things that we don't know a damn thing about. Find the person who no one knows their name, who's in their community doing it for free and pass the mic. Like we all talk way too much. We just are always talking and none of us know what the hell we're talking about. We don't do the work. We're all based off emotion. And that's, we already know cognitively from a scientific standpoint, emotions lie to you. <laughs> that's not fact, you know? It's important, but it's not fact. I have something to say, which is that, Talia, you are the best person out of us to speak on this. Like, <laughs> two, two white gays and a straight Asian <laughs> guy. Like, you're able to talk about Kanye's racism against Black people the best you know yeah, so and classism and, and patriarchy and yeah. yes yes <laughs> yeah and i guess it is like a privilege for someone like me to go like to be able to like dissect it without like getting hurt like 
getting hurt in that way. Um, we haven't even mentioned the comment, like, I'm just going to say this so we can move on. I forgot the main comment that hurt Black people is slavery was a choice. Right. Yeah. Like, that's something that is, like, people's grandparents were sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. Like, like, grandparents, you know? <laughs> if you, if you, if you were 90 years old and you grew up in Georgia or Florida, you were essentially a sharecropper. I don't care what the title was, but, like, you know, you didn't, you weren't able to own your own land, you know, you didn't have running, like, all these things that if you hear these stories, you're like, what? Like, Emmett Till would have been, like, 70-something, right? So when you say things like that, it literally offended people. People like Harriet Tubman who sacrificed their life and were smart and fought back, and that's a thing. When people, like, they didn't fight back deep. We don't hear about all the rebellions. They just slaughtered slaves. We fought back over and over and look at Haiti and see why Haiti pays billions to France every year. Figure out why that is. We don't want to talk about that because Haiti was the first country, you know, to overthrow their uh, uh, their European colonizers. And to this day, France still makes money off reparations because that was they say that was our that was our you know our colony, our resources. So what Kanye used to know is there is no such thing as a black person fighting for freedom and not being punished for it. We can see in Hollywood and music right now who's successful, who's not. If I say the wrong thing in my career, yeah, I'm never working again. If I say one thing about mm, the way my contract was handled, so, you know, I always recommend M- Michaela Cole, you know, from I May Destroy You. Her Vulture article was incredible, and how and then, and then look at and look at the backlash she has gotten just from her speaking out. She was nominated for nothing this year. That was very intentional. So Kanye saying that was just like. People have great uncles still alive with one hand, you know, who were whipped. There's still stories in the South of people who were, you know, shot, you know, for going it's, to the wrong diner. So just, it's crazy when people were like, oh, what happened so long ago? Mm. It wasn't. It's no, not at all. <laughs> it wasn't. Like I said, because it, we got to remember like basic history, sl- like shadow slavery just took a different form. So, like I said, that's why sharecropping, you know, was like not long ago. People who what? were alive. Even like the the benchmark that I think of in my brain, which is such a like privileged benchmark to keep in my brain, but whatever, was like Star Trek had the first interracial kiss in it in like 1985, like, and that was considered super like taboo and crazy. And it's like that was so recent. <laughs> Will Smith was born the year that Black people in this country were allowed to vote. So people who are alive today, and that's what I'm saying, you don't know who you're offending when you say certain things. Yeah. My grandparents who are alive today, who were college age, educated, not vote until their adult years, and they are still alive today. So saying stuff like, that's his opinion, separate art from art, people like me look at that and say, because it doesn't affect you, you know? And then and when yeah. you make Kanye, like, I can't stop listening to this guy, you're like, wow. Like, I just told you how I feel about this, but yet you can't stop listening to flashing lights. Like, it's just not that deep. You know, right. that's, that, goes for other, that goes for so many things, you know, where it's like, this person is hurting and persecuting this, but you just, you cannot not use that lipstick. Yeah. It's just, it's just silly. And that's why we're so easily, you know, controlled. Cause like, our government knows like, it's not, they're not gonna get that up in arms. And we don't. We know. They can tell us a new number of COVID. Half of people dead. Okay. We want to do tomorrow. Are we going to do outdoor dining? Like, it doesn't matter to us. We don't care. Right. 
We don't care. People, everyone is in such an echo chamber of their own beliefs because of the internet, because of society, because of everything. Like, you get these people who get these, like, false equivalencies all the time. Like, um, and they just, like, it's impossible to talk to anyone who refuses to, like, get on the same level as you. Yeah. And, I, and I'm fine. With, I love when we have difference in opinion and seeing things differently. Right. I am not, there's fundamental things someone's humanity someone's right to live right <laughs> mm-hmm. but we're not there that's what i'm saying so it's like the other stuff debating if this album is good or not debating if it's interpreted this way i can't even get there because we haven't been here we're talking about the, I, can, I can i can argue the roof but we can't argue the foundation we can argue if the roof is this color or not but the foundation you gotta build the, the, every house gotta go the same with foundation so it's like mm. i'm just gonna go home <laughs> So, okay, so this, this episode is technically about Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. <laughs> I think this is, all, this is definitely about it. Everything yeah, it about. is. It is, it is, it is. So how would you like, like to proceed with like talking about like, because we have like, you know, a, an itinerary with like background and like, you know, just like. Just keep it out of there, whatever you want to do. <laughs> It's still fun. It's, I, I love hip hop, you know? I want to talk about, you know, because this is one of my favorite albums of like the past like 10 years. And I was kind of disappointed that it hasn't aged that well to me. And like it hasn't mm. aged that well to me recently. Like just like maybe two years ago, it was like my thing still. And I was like, oh, this doesn't sound as stimulating to me. Maybe oh, the, wow. content, the content I thought that was deep is not deep. Like I said, we're not talking about this kind of stuff. And you realize that Kanye is just not deep. You're like, oh, you actually don't know anything you're talking about. You were just theorizing. <laughs> Well, uh-huh. also deep is like you don't have to talk about like esoteric, like crazy out yeah. there things to be deep. You just have to like speak on actual issues. <laughs> and it's yeah. like... like certain songs were cringe. Let's just talk. Let's just go. Let's just talk about. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah, like um. So yeah. Like this. So this is a, this is an episode on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and uh, the ba- background was basically um. His mother passed away like in 2007 after like his, um, you know, after like a, a botched surgery, basically it was like a breast reduction and his mother passed away. Um, so, but rather than wallowing in sadness and sorrow, he went on the glow in the dark tour and he made 808s and he, and it like culminated into the VMAs where he interrupted Beyonce and said, I'm let you finish, but Beyonce had the greatest music video of all time. Interrupted and yeah, to Taylor Swift. And like he interrupted her speech. You know, I think Kanye was right about this. I think everyone remembers that Beyonce video. No one cares about like Love Story or whoever, whatever. You look at that video and it's like so maudlin and cheesy and stuff like that. And I don't know, like it's, you know, part of it's like it matters and it doesn't matter. These award shows basically of the idea of like, it, ma- it doesn't matter because it's music subjective. It's just like, who's the better singer? You know, it's a contest where it's like, who's the better singer? And then, but it matters in that like Demi Dijuebe like had a, like a video thread about just like the Oscars and how many Asian people, more people in Yellowface have Oscars than Asian women, basically. Wow. <laughs> Something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and you know, then you look at the world and you go, hmm, why is there so much anti-Asian sentiment? Like, what's going on here? You're like, it's a confusion predicament. So yeah, like when like Taylor Swift won, I think his inclination was like, 
but beyond like you know beyonce is radiating black excellence she's like you know doing a lot of great stuff and then he was like basically like trot like he thought everyone would agree with him basically right. and then <laughs> and then agrees. everyone agrees but it's like you know my mom always taught me it's not what you do it's how you do it right right <laughs> yeah like, it's like something like you know i want you to do this all right no i didn't mean right now I didn't mean <laughs> right, right. it was the how <laughs> good taste mm-hmm. yeah awful execution yeah that's well, like and remember one thing that we can't gloss over you know a lot of things i think we're all having to reckon with is how we analyzed a lot of pop culture moments in the mid to late 2000s that we were not sensitive to and were not um, aware to really investigate. Like, it was a joke then, but he shoved the red carpet with Hennessy, a, whole, a bottle that he was just drinking, drinking the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't talk about that, you know? Like, we use those clips of just, like, him saying that, but we all forget that he's in the red carpet with a bottle of Hennessy, just drinking mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was the first red flag, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I felt like how we're all wrecking the Britney thing now, the Britney Spears. Um, my point is a lot of pop, pop moments that we take out of context, we 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 missed it. Like we were all responsible for the R. Kelly thing. We all we all knew things for years. Like we yep. all have known things about all these people who are now Bill Cosby, whatever. And it's like, shoot, like we thought that was normal. We thought that was cool. That he was yeah. red carpet with a bottle of Hennessy. We didn't, we didn't notice that. That we just what do we call him? Second like jerk. Yeah. It was probably something better we could have identified then. That I'm not saying we could have got him help, but like that's my my point is how when we we just say he's a jerk, we just say he's selfish, we say he's he's this. All these adjectives we use, we think we're cool, and it's like no, is this person a functioning alcoholic? Right. It's so person? easy to not be empathetic on the internet and instead do a joke. Like, or I thought we said no. Certain words we didn't ha- we didn't have the language for, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we're going back and reckon and be like, oh, wow, we missed that, you know. Yeah, but- and, yeah, and like uh, it's like so like he explains later in the so Jay Leno interviewed Kanye like later and like oh, was that. like really trying to scold him and like really trying to be like you know like what would your mother like Jay Leno the guy you want to like do a hard hitting interview, um, but like. Jay Leno, just like he's, he was like, you know, I got the pleasure to meet with your mother and, you know, what would she think of this? And like really weaponizing that loss, uh, like to like shame him for like interrupting like this teenage right. girl in, yeah, in and her award show. he like show. sat there like for a, f- a minute basically and like didn't really say anything and then yeah. changed the, the thing kind of and Jay Leno was like, but what would your mother think? It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah. so like that moment is like really key to like understanding this record to me because his response is um, obviously I go through a lot of hurts and but that doesn't make you know the hurt I cause other people okay like in the like that's key to understanding Kanye too like like you see a broken like you see a man struggling with bipolar disorder like now you see a man like having this mental breakdown and it's like not funny and it's so tragic and sad but then he's hurting other people. He's causing hurt too. So it's just like, it's just like this whole, like his, the, it's like the tragedy of the American dream kind of like, it's like, we are partly responsible, like, but also, you know, he is culpable himself, but also it's this whole confluence of stuff. That's like, I don't know. So yeah, like, um, but so then after that, he leaves America uh, he like and like he, he you know he stops making music for a little while and then he goes to Hawaii 
and you know his goal is to make this album so great that people will take him back you know people will take him back and that's like the background of this album uh what do you feel are the themes of this particular album definitely uh like self-medicating like self-medication how that how that looks and yeah. whether it's through you know substances alcohol sex religion whatever like it can be whatever you are doing to cope so like a lot of coping like I think it's one of his first declarations of like, I'm a superstar, I'm not one of you. Like he starts setting that up to have this, uh, the pre-Jesus God-like, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause like college dropout and like uh, late registration, he was like kind of a regular guy. Like, oh, yeah. like he's like trying to figure it, like even graduation where he's like a superstar, he's like, I'm figuring out fame, it's weird. Right. Where here he's like, I am a thought leader. You know, yeah, his, his ego like looms over this record. It, it mm. does. It's also very. Um, you start to get that early chip on his shoulder that ends up kind of being one of his detriments of like. Cause one of the biggest things like I talk about being black is the whole only the black male plight is the fate. Like to mm. his mind, he is target number one in America. Oh, wow. And that's like for a lot of straight black men. A lot of straight black men think there is no other person who is targeted more than them. And so when Brianna Taylor happens, they're like, but what? It's like, do you want to hear all the black women we never say their names for? Do you want to hear about queer black men? Do you want, like, you know, this is pre moonlight? Do you want to hear about, you know, trans sex workers? Like, you know, this is where, that's where Kanye loses all the black people because he, you start hearing him and, like, America could not have built, been, could not have been built without the black man specifically. And I'm always gonna have this target, and I am enemy number one. And it's like mm. you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're not at all. So you start hearing that, and like I said, in 2010, it sounded good. You have Kill Scott Heron, you have all these people, mm. and then now you just realize, kind of like how people are reevaluating the civil rights movement the past five years. Like there were loads of people before MLK, Malcolm. And there was that was all the only ones. You know, mm-hmm. who are the gay men who could not be in the front? Who are the, you know, mm-hmm. able? We all know about Rosa Parks now, that she wasn't the first one, but she, the other one was a teen parent and was dark-skinned. So Rosa Parks was, you know, uh, prof- more professional-looking and with lighter skin. All of these things, you know, that you start investigating now. And said people are doing better jobs of that and really looking at history, you know? So um, you start hearing that about him putting this, like, chip in this target. And I say putting because it's, it's really one of my biggest things I don't like when you put a fake target on me. Like, that's just stupid. Like, the whole like everyone's against me thing. You're like, bro, no one cares. You know, and I'm not saying he didn't experience these things like everyone experiences, but he really wanted us to believe that heartily. Like no one could ever live my life. No one can ever be me. I'm so sorry. I was not going to talk over you. Have you seen the tweet that's uh, the Marjorie, I think is her name. I don't remember her name. She's like a Fox News correspondent and she ha- she has this fake target she's taped on her forehead. And she said, this is how it feels to be a white conservative woman in the United States. And then someone like mega ratios her underneath her own tweet and says, yeah, because it's a fake target you put there yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the good thing about what I think about this album, I think about hip hop in its core. Because this is one of his most hip hop, hip hop albums. I mean, yeah. you might think about it, you got to remember, he brought in the hip-hop goats for this, you know, yeah. like Q-Tip and RZA and all of them, like, he hit up the big dogs, like, I need to, I need help making this record. So I also hear 
ode to like hip hop, hip hop. Yeah. So, uh, what about like Sean? Like, what what do you feel are like what's a, what's a big theme in this record for you? Well, it's I mean, right off the bat with that the Nicki Minaj introduction, you know, she's which is very fun. Um, mm-hmm. But she's basically saying, you know, like fame is not what we think it is. You know, you may think you've made it, but there's a dark side of it, and it's pretty nasty and can really, you know, fuck you over. So yeah, you know, it's kind of Kanye grappling with his newfound. Well, I guess not newfound because he was already famous, but um, just the darker side of fame and fortune, and trying to stay in the limelight, and just the struggle that kind of comes along with that. So yeah, like it's 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 again like there is I there is room for empathy. Like of just like this is a man clearly grieving, you know, and lost his biggest support system you know and no amount of money no amount of like anything like the american dream like none none of that will save you will be your redemption or anything like that um it's also also like also in like the black culture lore this is also post his longtime black girlfriend alexis Mm -hmm. who basically ends up calling out of her name every song because he thinks you know she wronged him you know um yeah you know kanye is also pre Donald Glover, black nerds of every woman did me wrong, so I just think terrible women. Because this album mm-hmm. is also very, very anti-women. It's mm-hmm. very anti-women in the theme of hip-hop, but more, it's very personal. Like, like even certain things just didn't feel as good. Like I said, the, the bland game, which I thought was so fun before, oh. it was like, gross, you know? But, in, but even in other ways, the entire record's about that. The entire record is about, you know, she then when you fly around she gets put on and you know it's not you know and when you're me you know you can't tell every, everything's about girls trying to get me girls trying to get me women trying her out to get me and women only want bags and shoes and the push a t line and uh run away where he's like you know all the bags and clothes the price you know like, there's a price women like don't be surprised and so we're not so i'm like we shouldn't be shocked 10 years later when you have the bill Cosby's in the world being like well, I invited them to my house. They wanted a career, so she knew it was going to happen. Why are we mm-hmm. surprised? Like, Bill Cosby's, like, very open about what happened. Like, they hit me up for career advice. What do you think is going to happen next? And so we have Twitter, men being like, yeah, if you go to a dude's house, what is going to happen? And that's how we're socialized. And that's this entire album, is I hear Kanye more or less being like, yo, you get flow, if you get flewed out, you know, flown out, you know, to the Bahamas, you think I'm respected? You just took a random Delta airline ticket. And that's why I heard this entire album. But I thought it was so fun before, the same way a lot of hip hop songs just don't hit anymore. You're like, ugh. And that's mm-hmm. what this also this very anti woman sentiment. It's, that's in all his old albums, too. It's everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, it's like very chip on his shoulder in a way that's like kind of gross. And so a lot of also black women see this like, okay, this is when you forever only want you know, plastic. Because his first girlfriend was like the one from, you know, pretty early, you know? And then after, he's like, I only want plastic to not even see women as real, you know? Like, even the way mm-hmm. he talks about him in later albums, like, that's your wife. You got her just because of Ray J? Like, if that's nasty, you're like, yeah, my, you know, it's just, it's just the way he talks about women is very possessive and yeah. uh, they're not real. So it's also, it's also a little bit of that shift of Kanye not seeing women as like queens, but being like, man, y'all just want this, you know, fillet of fish. 
uh, 20 exotic fishes. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, Michael, we turn to you. Like, what do you, what do you feel like? like yeah. Uh, the themes of this album are, uh, it's a lot about like fame and the darkness inside of every person. Like, you know, obviously monster, you know, goblins, ghouls, etc. These are all the things we have inside of us. But it's a lot of like him trying to like portray like, yeah, I'm dark. Like I've got demons, you know, we all do. And we all like, da, 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 da. it seems a little bit like you guys worship me for a while. And that's why I'm famous. But you won't let me have like my bad sides, which like, like, I don't know. It's like very justifying like trying to justify yourself is kind of the album. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so for me, like part of it's like an indulgent luxuriation of his juxtapositions. Like, it, like it feels like I, you know, I used to. It's the troubling part of Kanye is because even now I still see that I still see a lot of good in him, but like it's mutated, like fame and like trauma and all this stuff is like mutated on top of his being basically so it's like he's like and he's like kind of like in the last song he's like basically saying you're my heaven you're my hell you're my this you're my that you're my this he's like trying to say like i'm both of these things you know i am that i am full of heart and love and stuff like that and i'm also like horny and like you know i have like these twisted perverted thoughts and stuff like that and uh you know i am lonely and i'm vulnerable but i'm also like it's kind of like this like pornographic prestige basically of just like and also like high art low art basically like having like a beautiful string section but then also like having like him like saying a lot of like dirty jokes and stuff like that and then it's also like kind of a story of acceptance he's accepting that he's like this monstrous being now that he can't go back anymore he can't go back to like pre-innocence anymore you know, he can't bring his mom back. He can't do any of that stuff again. Well, that's what, like, kind of, I don't know, I guess rubs me a little wrong about this record was that, like, he, I can't remember what song it is, but it was basically, like, his apology song for, like, Taylor Swift. And, you know, he was basically saying, like, I'm sorry, that's, like, how I am. Like, I can't change that. And it didn't really feel, like, that doesn't feel like an apology. And I don't know. I feel like there's always room to change. So mm. to like pigeonhole yourself to be like, sorry, that's just like how I am. Like I'm egotistical. Like, it's not an apology. It's it's a, a warning that you're gonna do it again in the future. That's all it is. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, I guess. So yeah, those are some of the, <laughs> some of the, those are some of the themes. So uh, let's get into some highlights and lowlights right after this break. Click. And we're back here, here talking about my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about that record. Talia Caldwell is here, and she's great and is killing the game right now uh, in all regards. Hey, Queen, I am so proud of you. You, you keep <laughs> Girl, on raising the bar. <laughs> Girl, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about some highlights of this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talia, what is what are some highlights or highlights or highlight song highlights for you? Yes, definitely the intro of Nicki Minaj because this was people's mainstream introduction to Nicki Minaj. She had been hot on like the mixtape circuit with uh, like 
you know, itty bitty piggy and go crazy, all of her like, you know, Queens local tapes. So she she had a following, but like this was huge for her, you know, which I guess like you said, I do give Kanye a lot of credit for making that for sharing space with her in that way. Power, obviously, because the intro just feels like, where are we going? Where am I? Where yeah. is this to? You're like, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna rush. Where am I going? Like it, it just gets <laughs> your it just it just yeah, it was almost like a, even though it's not the first, it's not the first record, it, it sounds like a, allow me to reintroduce myself, you know? I am this Kanye of this version. That's what it sounded like. Then obviously all the lights, because everyone, their mom is on it. And I'm, like I said, I love music. So I, even before I have to like on the internet, I knew who was, I just heard who was on there. You know, I didn't hear Elton John, but I heard like mostly everyone else. You know, I heard Alicia, I heard, you know. So it was just like a beautiful like, like I said, back to his church background of like choir arrangements, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Rihanna just, just bodied that, like what you want in like a perfect yeah. like, pop feature bridge. Like that's like, it was just like, you couldn't have inserted a better person. Um, was that the one with Fergie on it? Yeah. yeah. Fergie's on it yeah. too. <laughs> Fergie, <laughs> Elton John, Drake is there. Everyone's on it. Um, so appalled because it's just like great boom back hip-hop in this year. We're no monster. We're no monster. I'm not talking about monster because Nicki Minaj is just just ether that. But so <laughs> appalled on my face. It's like one of my quotable. It has so many good quotes in there. Uh, you know, I, I was a big Clips fan, so I would love people to see like Pusha T. Like some people like had never heard of Pusha T before this. And I was a huge Clips, Lord Willing mm-hmm. fan. Devil in a New Dress, Rick Ross has never made a bad song in my life. Like I stand mm-hmm. by this. Like, you cannot find a bad like, you don't have to be a Rick Ross fan to play every song. Like he's never made a bad song. He's really because he's one of the, the like he has that kind of voice and the breath. It works well on like these uh, real soulful, you know, drop the needle, you know, and like Devil in a New Dress. Like the record's just crying to you. Like it's just, and that's that's what Rick Ross does go instruments too. Um, at the time, I loved, you know, uh, Chris Rock and Blaine game. Now it's just like cringy. Oh, I don't like. I skip it. <laughs> like, a couple of things are funny. There's a couple of lines. They're just like, that is hilarious. It's, it's Chris Rock also. Like, it's, it's also funny because Chris Rock. But then you, I guess when I hear it, it's still funny. But when I think about the seriousness in which Kanye wanted this to be told. Yeah. Um, like, Chris Rock made it funny. You know it's funny for Chris Rock. It's serious for Kanye. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and like listening back to it well and hearing what you said earlier about how he you know wants like this like plastic woman or whatever uh listening to like the the woman on the phone call just being like it was kanye she sounds so like robotic <laughs> that it, it, I'm, like it, this it, is how this is how he yeah that's, the thing. that's how he sees with one thousand it wasn't him being tongue-in-cheek it wasn't him having a larger conversation about the no right this is really how he hears women it's like well, it reminds me of uh, Kanye's workout plan from like his first album, where all the women are like, "What?" It's hilarious, but all the women are like, uh, "Thank you, Kanye, for this workout plan. I would never have been able to like get out of the projects. I would never have been like it's all these like like you 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 got out of the projects by being like hot from Kanye. Like Kanye gifted you a hot body so you could find a man who could buy you out of like it's like there's like two layers mm. of misogyny on it. Like it's like this is crazy. Yeah. I love yeah. double layers of massage. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, not only could you not have done this by yourself, but like no. you're not doing it by yourself, and also like like that's like his thought process. It's so crazy. Sorry, I'm like no. that's like a, getting off rail here. 
that's a huge low light for me of just like uh you know the uh grossness of like that uh you know, the yeezy taught me like you know woman in her lead where it's like not only is like he's viewing women that way he's like you know like but he's like taking all the autonomy out of it like out of her like she like has no autonomy she did not do anything for herself like her her ability to be sexy or like all this stuff or like her money like she didn't do shit it was all kanye and like that just like pretty crass like the reupholstered part is like that's you couldn't say that now. Like, he'd be arrested for yeah. saying that. Like, the whole... You know, <laughs> go to jail. Anatomy. It was like, that's nasty. But that was, yeah. So now it's, yeah. But um, and I love the distorted, the last, like, distorted men of, like, Runaway, you know. Um, and obviously that video was a big event, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But it, it still has, and then, oh, and then Gil Scott Heron. I love, I've always been a big Gil Scott Heron fan for who will survive in America. So, and I, and I love when songs... Um, Lost in the World does this, um, how it ends right into Who Will Survive in America. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love, I don't always love it, but I love when it's used right. And that was a really good, you know, just flows right into it. It's, it's America. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, what's a highlight for you? Uh, a highlight for me. This is, I'm so, I'm so basic and I feel so basic every time we talk about this, but I love Monster. I think Monster is my favorite. ever Kanye West song like I'm sorry but it just is like when we were when we're gonna listen to this album for the podcast I was like okay I'll start from the beginning right after I listen to Monster real quick like (laughs) that's that's how it goes for me and I'm like Nicki Minaj's verse is amazing and it's like truly iconic and then Jay-Z is so bad in it it makes the rest of the song so good like it makes you really realize how good everything else is it's like you know, like how you have like gelato in between like courses at like a fancy, fancy restaurant. <laughs> Jay Z is the gelato of this song. He's the like, palate cleanser, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like, wow, I love this, but am I just like too hype? But then Jay Z's like, goblins, ghouls. And then you're like, oh, okay, wait, no, it's actually good. So, uh, yeah, I love Monster. I think it's super good. Um, <laughs> And then, like, this isn't necessarily a highlight or a low light, but the All of the Lights interlude makes me think I'm, like, I randomly queued up a Cascada song, like, uh, every time we touch or something. Like, <laughs> in between, it reminds me of the beginning of, like, a Cascada song. I don't know why, but it does. Uh, not a highlight, I'm sorry. Not in the right place. But I think uh, So Appalled and All of the Lights are my other highlights. I uh, read a thing that was talking about how power took, like, 2000 man hours to make or something like a ridiculous amount of time but i don't understand where all that time went like i like it but it's not 2000 hours of man i mean it's a pretty like well i think it's mixed yeah like is it 2000 hours though it sounds pretty damn good (laughs) that's crazy i wrote down that i was like i would love to be like a fly on the wall during that session well i think because i liked it so much i wanted to google more about it and then i saw like that kanye said it took like a ridiculous amount of time like an unbelievable yeah. amount of time and i was like okay that seems like a lie so now i don't like it anymore <laughs> but that's like you know me so yeah i don't know i i really love i i love power it's it's like um i mean it's I, like he's like, like talia said like as soon as you hear the opening like chants you're like 
shit's about to go down. Like it's like I loaded Sparta. Like this yes. is Sparta. It's like <laughs> fun. Like so the music great. videos, like came out as like a Greek god and stuff like that, and like he's about to get his like head chopped off, and like it's like the moving portrait, basically like a Michelangelo portrait. Okay. Yeah, I guess like, I suck. I'm sorry, guys. I suck. <laughs> I suck. I have bad opinions. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like it. I'm just kidding. I stand by my opinions no matter what they are or how much I'm proven <laughs> wrong later. But I, yeah, like, I think like the part that's like kind of cool is just like how he's like leaning into like his role as like a public villain. Like, definitely, like, he, it's kind of, you know, there's a version, like, Little Nas X is kind of doing a version of it now where he's like, pole dancing pole dancing down to hell and like you know lap dancing on the devil and killing him and then becoming the devil so it's like it becomes easier for queer kids who have like been hurt by like this you know christianity yeah christianity and this dialogue and this like you know didactic way of thinking about god and then like he's like basically saying like okay like make me the villain so that I'll absorb this hate, I'll absorb this, so that the right people will be inspired. The right people will go like, oh, I'm going to work on this thing. I'm going to, like, I'm going to persevere, even though, you know, there's, like, societal things holding me back. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to... But he didn't have to. He just had to apologize. Lil Nas X is different, because he's literally, he's taking what everyone said about him and being like, okay. Like, you say I'm going to hell, you're saying I'm doing this. Like, like Here I am in hell real attack he's been marginalized yeah. kanye wasn't that deep you interrupted someone in a very important moment you kept just being very flagrantly disrespectful in public mm-hmm. you could apologize the fake martyrdom that's that's something that with a fake chip that was it's fake that's mm-hmm. not real this wasn't a systemic thing this wasn't what society has told him they were just like you're a jerk like obama said like he's like part of him being pro-Trump is him hating Obama when Obama, Obama called him a jerk. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. That's silly. Yeah, yeah. You're an adult. If I do something <laughs> and you say, Talia, that was messed up, you hurt me, why am I going to go to Kate and be like, this is my Joker origin story? <laughs> <laughs> I harmed you. I just need to listen yeah. and apologize. Yeah. You would be offended if I then went out into the world with like, all my haters. You're like, I didn't say all that. I just said that was very rude. <laughs> And so Kanye, I can't, I don't understand who the, there is the white man without the enemy of Kanye. Like, all of these things are not true for him. He was a, he had a low moment. He had a bunch of low moments that were probably induced by a lot of tough things. Which he, he probably could have got a lot of just simple, I understand, you know, thank you for that apology. He just said, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Nothing happened. Besides, like I said, I'm not the one whose mother died, but nothing happened to him. I'll uh, just like quickly go through my highlights like really quickly though. Runaway, I just like feel is really like he, that's his kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody kind of song, basically. Where um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's incredibly self-aware at the same time, completely lacking in self-awareness. Like where he, like where he's like rec- in his moment of clarity, he's realizing the only thing he's good at is like fucking things up, like. And then, but then at the same time, he's like, I sent a girl a picture of my dick. What did I do? You know? So there's that. Like, but I, I really love this moment of vulnerability of just like his Achilles heel is his inability to truly be intimate with someone. He, that's the thing he lost. That's the thing he's like, he can't get back, basically. Uh, and just like that level, the piano is like 
kind of like his goodness, innocence, and purity. And like the samples are kind of like his demons, like taunting him and like trying to pull him down and stuff like, like the sample set, the sample is actually him. Like it's look at you like that. That's what the sample is like the Rick James sample. Mm-hmm. Like, but it also sounds like who got you, you know? And for Kanye, the answer is like to him, the answer is nobody, you know, he's a, like, no one can like understand him. Like in the life of Pablo, the album he talks about like how he goes to therapy and like they're expecting things like his therapist can't even be a therapist because they're like you know so like um yeah and it's just like um it's it's a story like there's some beauty to like him accepting who he is basically of just like him like and like his uh the 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 his vocal solo at the end is kind of like hit it it feels like a Viking funeral, but like the body's still alive. Like you're, you're setting like a body out to sea and setting it on fire, but the body's still alive. So like the, like the person's like screaming and stuff like, so it's like, there's like this drowning your childhood innocence in the tub, basically. I'm just like, I am this now. I am this monster. I'm this like, I don't know. Like it's like him self-actualizing in a lot of ways, but also, yeah, it's like at what cost basically. I don't know. I think that's it's it's just like the piano sample is iconic and stuff like that. And I don't know. I like Runaway because that's where he's the most. He's being honest. Like he just he's everything about it is actually like him being like. It's like I love people say I don't know. Don't give me an answer. Just say I don't know. We don't have to always try to solve things. I don't like right. when Kanye is trying to solve the human condition because he's the first person to experience everything. Yeah. Right. Well, and if you're trying to come up, I do like. And if you're trying to come up with like, yeah, it's better to say, I don't know. If you're trying to come up with an answer, you're potentially going to say some like bad shit, like, or isolating things, uh, very selfish, not in the context of whatever, you know, like I say, like back to the, no one knows what it's like to be a persecuted person. Yeah. You know, you have someone who like, you know, fled the Holocaust. You're just like, you think that's just, that's just not okay. Mm-hmm. I love runaway. Cause it's like, I don't have the answers, but I know this is what I feel. Which is yeah. why I was like, how do you feel? Speak to how you feel. Speak to what, in words, like in actually, like, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling undervalued, I'm feeling confused. Like those are real feelings, you know? The yeah. other stuff when I have an issue is like, how mm, do you extrapolate that out of nowhere, you know? But right. that, like he is honest about like, this is where I'm not good. This is what I wanna be. This is where I struggle. This is where the root of it comes from. You know, like I could ever take the intimacy. That's why I wasn't romantic. Boom! I love that. You gave me a one sentence. I don't have to. I can wonder, like, why aren't you good at being romantic and not like it? But if you tell me, I just have never been good at the intimacy. I'm like, okay, I hear you. Thank you. Mm. You know, and I, I love you being charming and honest because it's just like it's very innocent. That's where he's the most innocent. You know? Yeah. But yeah. He puts on a fake. I'm innocent. I had no doing in this. That's when he's actually not innocent. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, let's go through low. Let's go through low lights. Wow. Uh, what what's a uh, low light for you, Michael? Uh, low light for me is pr- probably blame game. I just don't sonically. I don't really like it. And but and also like part of it is like my disdain for Chrissy Teigen on Twitter. Like bleeds into <laughs> John Legend too. Like oh. <laughs> unfortunately, but it just does. Uh, and I think like just her like I, I hadn't ever heard this song until like you know two weeks ago 
So like uh, seeing Chrissy Teigen like leave Twitter and be called like by articles like the mayor of Twitter, even though no one actually likes Chrissy Teigen on Twitter, that like this is not about the song at all. I'm so sorry. But Clay <laughs> is the low light because <laughs> because I think John Legend like has fosters this behavior. So any art that he makes is ingenuine. <laughs> So, oh, I like Chrissy Teigen. Um, <laughs> okay, but have you seen her on Twitter? Well, you can't because she del- deleted it. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> wait, that sucks. That's the worst answer ever. Holly like, <laughs> is like coming in talking about like systemic racism and patriarchy, no, and I'm like. No. That's the thing. I want y'all to know I'm a full human. That's very much a response I would have. Like I had some like like I when I was younger, I didn't like this color, so he wears that and I don't like, like I do that all the time. <laughs> but this is literally Christine is cringy, therefore John is cringy, therefore this song, which isn't about her at all. That makes total sense to me. Like <laughs> I have like I die by those kind of causes all the time. But that makes like because I used to love John Legend. And then he just turned to like show tunes. Yeah. Dude, who just taps over town and like everything about him like now like I just I'm like because he's talented yes but his music has just whatever yes I give what yeah. you're saying yeah I, yes. I found out all of me was written like for Chrissy Teigen and I was like <laughs> <laughs> the song we probably all agree is really the, the lowest of love we haven't even kind of mentioned it hell of a life that song is terrible. yes it's Terrible. Is that the one with the Iron Maiden, like? Yeah, uh, like, have you lost your mind? Yeah, no. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> it sounds, it, it, it sounds awful. That sounds bad. It's just bad. <laughs> he sounds bad, it's bad. It's not yeah. objective. This is subjectively bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, the part I do like is just like, how could you judge me, like, when you don't fuck with the lights on? Like, the idea of just like, I'm a, like, how could like I am like a public figure, you know, and you're judging me from like the like from the advantage of like not being like for people not knowing your deal, basically, not having your stuff all in the, your dirty laundry out in the open, basically. Um, and like, I, meanwhile, I'm living like openly and like crazy and all that stuff. Like, he's like, there's like, and that segment sounds kind of cool, but like, it's jaw-droppingly vulgar like my monocle fell out in 2021 seeing where life has gone i think people of wisdom another thing that i think we forget because we are young and having lived a lot of life i think people of wisdom would say you're right there's probably some more room for discretion yeah (laughs) always celebrate i tell you everything i'm vulnerable so you don't get it you're a coward because you don't do this the lights Mm -hmm. out like I just actually value discretion and res- and like not even respectability, but just like respect for self. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I think I think something I learned in wisdom growing older is not always talking. Like Kanye could probably have learned from that lesson that you don't have to have an opinion on everything. So yeah. even that line is like, okay, bro, cool, you did this to yourself. No one told you to have an opinion on every freaking thing because you can't get mm-hmm. mad. When you say I'm the expert on everything, don't get mad when I say you're always wrong. I don't sit up here and say I'm the expert on everything. When you always want to be heard, then take mm-hmm. the criticism. He wants to be heard more than anything in the world. So you can't get that. That's the thing I don't like. You can't play. I keep saying that. You can't play the game both ways. I want to be heard all times, but yet, and then you get mad when you're heard, and it's like, but y'all need to stop criticizing me all the time. Well, stop always talking. 
right. you know, like, yeah. you think about celebrities on Twitter, why are you guys bringing us into this? I didn't want to know this. I didn't want to know this. Like, there's so many things I didn't want to know. I didn't want you to go live in your bathtub. I didn't want you. So, like, I'm like, stop, you know? Stop. Yeah. I not want to know this. Well, it's, it's the classic, like, Gal Gadot Imagine video, like, I know what America needs three days into the pandemic. <laughs> Celebrities showing off their massive houses and singing a song terribly to all of you. Poros. Like, you know how many times Beyonce has tried to help Kanye? Like, one of the things that we take for granted is how, like, Beyonce's been famous since she was 15. And we know very little. I don't think it's about her not being vulnerable. I don't think it's about her being scared. I don't think about her being, it's because that's how she chose to live a life of, I got to have some sanity in my own peace. Right? Yeah. yeah. I choose all the time. That's like, I could do that, but that probably affect my peace. So once again, Kanye is toiling his choices of like going, it's like people are always in chaos. You love chaos. He mm-hmm. loves chaos. And don't judge other people for saying that's not for me. I think that's like, that is like a human condition though, of just like us choosing the thing that's more painful because it's what's known a little bit. Like that's a very human thing. Not, it's not, he's not choosing what's known. It's really, it's a, it's a very new concept to take a picture of your wife naked and post on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's not choosing what, what humans have done at the beginning of time. Well, yeah, what you would have done before is uh, paint a picture of your naked wife on a pottery exactly. glass. <laughs> a pottery glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Choosing things that are also like, yeah, we, we do, we all choose self-destructive stuff. I'm just saying, if you were going to have this, he has a next level of this like God-like thing where he wants you to know his architecture. He wants you to know this. Well, don't get mad when someone says your house looks weird, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't have it both ways. Yeah. If you present something at my doorstep, I have the right to say, mm, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And don't get mad. Why are you criticizing? Always in my business. You, I didn't take a picture of your house. You took a picture right. of it'd be like if It'd be like if a door-to-door salesman and you said no, and then they were like, how dare you? I'm working, and this is my job. And I'm selling these things, and you're like, I don't want the thing. Yeah, so once again, you can already see my theme about his plight. It's like, because I'm saying there's people more famous than him, like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. She, has a, she has her own set of issues. that We all have our set. But yeah. I'm saying his, he chose, his set is very much a choosing thing. He could, at a certain point, you make much money, you can almost, like, be into Disappear. Like, you really could, you know? <laughs> you know, so mm. he, he gives us details about his his wife that I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, any like any like uh, uh, stray observations about the album? Any like uh, you know other thoughts about like this album? Like before we uh, get into final thoughts and ratings on this album? Uh, no, I think we've all been very diligent with the songs. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about. Runaway is beautiful, and you know, um, I think Devil in a New Dress is the best song on there by far. But yeah, no, that not not too much. Like I said, the only thing that's aged bad for me is some of the some of the songs that sounded really sonically like futuristic. Now just kind of sound like I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like I, I don't know because I I loved it for so many years, and now even sonically, I don't love. And I love distorted beats. I love playing with all types of you know all of that. I don't need. Um, pretty finishes, but it almost reminds me of like watching the Jetsons now, like the Jetsons futuristic. <laughs> some of the, right. some, some of the <laughs> futuristic beats in there, which is why I think it's good to like not try to go for like a certain like futuristic or past sound, but just like kind of make that like 
timeless because that's one of the new dress you can't tell 1950, 1980, Michael Jackson, OJ. Now it just works in every era, you know? So. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, I was surprised too at like how well Boney Vare fit into the album. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Yeah. I would never like in a million years think like, oh, I'm going to hear Boney Vare on a Kanye record. Like, yeah. So it, yeah. it worked They're like really well. Pretty diametrically opposite people. Like, just like how modest that guy is. And yeah. like, um, so now we're going to like quickly go through, um, our, like, um, uh, you know, our final thoughts and ratings, like, and rate it out of like 10 and give it a metric at the end. Uh, so, uh, Michael, we turn to you first. Okay. I, uh, do like this album, uh, you know, outside of who Kanye is, which I'm privileged to be able to do, but also with the context of him, it makes it harder to, you know, like this album, right? But if we're yeah. just talking about how it hits my ears and how I like to sit with just the album on its own, which is, you know, we've had so much discussion about this. So please, internet and listeners, do not cancel me for saying this. I'm just trying to give my opinion on the album. But here it is anyways. Um, I, I, I like this album. I think it's my favorite Kanye album I've heard so far, at least sonically, lyrically. Mm, not the best. I think lyrically his first album is best work. But um, yeah, uh, I like this album. I think I would give it eight fifty k verses out of ten. Uh, okay, Sean, will you turn to you now? Um, well, like I said earlier, I'm glad I had more time to kind of sit with the record. Um, I overall, I, I think I do like it for the most part. I the first time I heard it, I was like, "Wow, this is really revolutionary." I haven't really heard hip hop like this. I felt like, but I also don't listen to yeah. hip hop, so like, <laughs> it's hard to say. But uh, I don't know. The more it sat with me and the more I listened, I was like, there's a lot of like kind of cheesy things on here. And a lot of the lyrics don't really sit too well with me. And then listening back, like the production is really good. But there's also moments where I'm like, this just doesn't sound good or sounds weird. Or like the vocal processing is really weird, like on Gorgeous. Um, But no, I think overall, like, I guess looking at where Kanye was at in his life and where he, you know, kind of sunk back into that that hole. To, to come back with this record is pretty impressive. Just, you know, the record as a whole um, is pretty cool and pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, so overall, I'll give it seven fast cars and shooting stars out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay, Talia, we turn to you. Um, outside of Devil in a New Dress and So Appalled and all the lights of this records that just like sound good all the time, you know, like I said, I, I feel bad because I had been loving this. And it just, the sound didn't hit my ears. Not to mention the content. It's just like, oh, that's simple, you know? You know, now that I have a more uh, intimate, uh, understanding of intersections. Um, like I said, this is a recent thing. It not, not like, really probably in the past, you know, several months. I used to play it all the time. So I would have to give it, um, it's going to be tough. Mind you, I love Life of Pablo, though. I keep growing more and more love with Life of Pablo than whatever album. Really? Now. I love Life of Pablo. Like, you know, no more parties in LA and Kendrick goes off. So I still have a lot of love, you know? Um, so I'll give it, I'll use, a, I'll use a basketball reference. I give it five, five Brandon Roy healthy knees out of 10. He has, he has no more knee cartilage. He would have been a great player. <laughs> Like, oh. like five Brandon Roy healthy knees. 
poor guy. Um, God rest his soul. Um, wow. Well, this is, I was not expecting this conversation for this album. Like I thought it was going to be like, yeah, this song kind of cool, you know, all this stuff. And I really, this is like one of those conversations that really completely shifted my perspective, completely did like a, obviously, like, obviously I don't know what the answer is to some of these questions. It's just like, how can I like recognizing my privilege, but then um, balancing, recognizing my privilege to what, Kanye has done for me as an artist to like, what do I do now? You know, I don't know the answer quite yet. Um, and I want to do the right thing. And I also want to validate and honor the pain and like the real, the pain that he's caused others, but the real pain that he's experienced as well. Mm-hmm. And like the inherent tragedy of Kanye's life. But yeah, like, and going in, this was not my favorite record. This was not my favorite Kanye record. College Dropout is like my personal favorite Kanye record. And like, it's like the most baggageless, you know, pretty, like pretty baggageless. It's just like, he's a young kid and he's just like, you know, like excited about life. And he loved, like, that's just the, the thesis is just the, the thesis of that album is just like, I am so thankful to be alive. And like, I'm, you know, that's like really beautiful. And I love my, yeah. So with Dark Twisted Fantasy, I was, this was on the lower echelon for me. I just, I felt like we needed to talk about it because when doing a Kanye month, it's like, we just gotta, you know, basically. Um, listening to it this time, I've really, it's debatable if like, you know, he put like 2000 hours into every song, but the work is there. To me, like the craftsmanship is there and like the spirit of collaboration is beautiful, of like letting all these artists like shine and like, add that unadded value to the project basically and like add that unasked for value to the project that wasn't there before because like there's a rough cut of it with just like kanye doing all the parts and it's not as good but like so um that's really cool um yeah just like the moments where he's like as a i think i think my thesis i think my rating on the record is i can appreciate it as like the sistine chapel of just like wow this is a massive ornate thing you know but i don't love the sistine chapel you know like you look at the sistine chapel like whoa that look at all that architecture look at the stained glass stuff that's pretty cool like look how much work went into that and then it's like i don't want to live here (laughs) you know like i don't want to like live here i don't want to like be here forever so um and yeah just all the points you brought about just like how maybe this isn't as vulnerable as like I initially thought it was with the exception of runaway. So yeah, I'm going to give this 7.5 euphemisms for a new religion. So, <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much, Talia. Um, this thank is you. incredible. Yeah. Like now we'll get into our, <gasps> I've been mean to listen to that. And, and we, we did. did. Playlist. Play <laughs> Perfect. Part. Good. That was good that time. <laughs> yeah. So like now we'll just like basically choose a song that we've been really enjoying and like put it on our playlist. Like, and it can relate to this album, but it doesn't have to be. Either. So, uh, my pick is uh, the Wolves Part One and Two by Boney Bear. Click. Oh, 
yeah, so Bon Iver is like, this album kind of introduced me to Bon Iver in the first place. And um, it's, it's kind of like, I like it kind of exploring the same themes of Runaway of just like having trouble with intimacy, having trouble like loving, like letting yourself be loved and lo- like loving others, basically. Like it's like him in isolation and stuff like that. And it feels very sparse and like, you know, and it has an epic build and dismount basically. So uh, I like that song a lot. So that's my pick. So who would like to go next? I'll go next. Mine's really simple. Um, I'm going to play, or I'm going to add to the playlist. um, Leave the door open by Silk Sonic. Click. Uh, this is the collaboration project between uh, Anderson Pack, Bruno Mars, and Bootsy Collins. And uh, this song is really smooth, really great. And it's like I listened to the other listened to it the other day, had the windows roll down in the car. It was really great. A lot of fun. That's all I got. So who's next? Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, this I'm gonna put a Nicki Minaj song on the playlist because I love Nicki Minaj. Uh, I think her music is very fun and very campy. Uh, and this song, I will admit, is kind of bad, but I like it a lot. So I'm putting it on the playlist. It is High School by Nicki Minaj. Click. It's featuring a little Wayne with one of the cringiest ever verses of all time. I love a rap song with a cringy verse. Uh, it, he talks about how uh, he has to put on goggles to eat out his girlfriend, which is crazy. I really enjoy that. Um, I think it's a really good song. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, high school winning, even us. And we always we, people forget that she uh, she has bars. She can rap. She can yes. rap anyone. Um, I am going to put on my playlist on the playlist. Um, it's called Heavenly by this artist named Fourteen KT and AB. <laughs> this song until last weekend I was playing Selection Radio one of their episodes and it was on Selection and I was so upset because it came out in 2014 it's an incredible song and I'm like wow the music agenda really sucks because there's so much amazing music we will never hear but I will hear the same song 14 times over again mm-hmm. it's a gorgeous song it's it's gorgeous um yeah if people go crazy over uh the weekend falsetto I don't know why, but this is much better. It's a, it's an incredible song. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm playing. Um, yeah, that's me. Once again, this is incredible. I am just like quietly, just like gobsmacked by just like this conversation and like that you we you uh, obviously you're human and like all that stuff. Like, but like the, your humility, your emotional intelligence, your actual intelligence. 
uh, and just like, yeah, it's just like really, really incredible. I'm like so humbled that you let this incredible conversation happen on our dumb podcast. <laughs> so, well, that's what. Yeah, I mean, we're you know we are a, a comedy podcast, but what I I've said this to Andrew too. What I really appreciate too is when we have. You know, I was really quiet through this whole conversation because I was just kind of taking it all in. But I appreciate when we have more serious conversations about important things. So this is this has been really awesome. So thank you. This that truly like when I set out to do like a Kanye West month, I think this really exceeded my expectations. Like how a conversation about this stuff would go, you know. So thank you so much, Talia. Uh, what would anything you'd like to plug? Anything you would like to like kind of share with us, like uh, no, Twitter no. handles and stuff? Yeah, no. Uh, you can just type my name and anywhere it'll pop up. But no, this was this was a good time. It's an important conversation. I love saying the word conversation over and over in 2021. It's about having conversation. It continues. <laughs> Yes. You know, bring it to the table. So yeah, <laughs> I would, the only thing I only plug is black women. So um, please keep bringing on black women onto the show because we occupy a lot of intersections that don't get heard. You know, so yeah, I almost roll my eyes if I see a podcast and it's all just like, you know, uh, um, different kind of people, but they're all men. So it's like black men, yeah. black men, black men, and like I said, most, a lot of, a lot, not most, but a lot of black men will hear Kanye and be like, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, people have been like, that does not make sense. This is my <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. I just suggest try to be always honest to that, you know, about just challenging, even in, like I said, even in silly comedy ways, just being like, you know, hey, no, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just keep, keep promoting black women because um, we have a lot to say and we haven't been heard. So, yeah. You could follow, like, yeah, Michael, uh, what would you like to plug? You can follow me at, at Lemon Taco anywhere. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, you can follow him at? Uh, Instagram, uh, T1 underscore Sean 599. That's it. Mm -hmm. And you can follow me at Andrew A. Lee on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at IBMTLTT at uh you know, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Good. Uh, the cover art is by Olivia Jensen. Uh, she also does our uh, calendar art and like our artwork for just all this stuff. She's incredible. Uh, Emily Blue did our music. Uh, yeah. Okay. So like uh, our charity this month is uh, Chicago Freedom Schools. Uh, so for every like uh, dollar donation, every like rating we get on iTunes, I will donate $1 to Chicago Freedom Schools. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much, Talia. And, uh, now we'll have a closing sentiment from Talia. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Listen to black women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Click. <laughs>